0: And so there right now, I'm really glad for it because as always, every time you teach one of these things, it seems like you grow, you know, and you grow wise. And so, and, and it's really, you know, and it, there's a lot of, lot of truth. Wisdom is something that, that you work at, you know. Um, so let's start off with a prayer, and then we'll, we'll jump right in. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you today, Father God. We, we ask you to uh, give us wisdom in teaching this class, Father God. Give us wisdom in learning um, from your word, Father. God uh, in some remarkable way, please cool it off in here, Father. Yeah. You work in amazing ways, you know? And God, I just pray that uh, the the uh, the the words and the lesson and what we get today out of your word, Father God, is uh, it melts away our cares about how hot it is, Father. Mm-hmm. We love you, we praise you, and thank you, in your name I pray. Amen. Amen. And I didn't know if y'all knew this. But with I was gonna shut that door, but we shut me? that door. <laughs> So my name is Clint Hill. Yeah. I'm the minister of evangelism now at a Park, at the Park uh, Church of Christ in Tulsa. I know. Really? Yeah. Very, very very amazing. Amazing. And so, and this is Wes. Yeah. I'm Wes Franklin, and
1: I'm married to this uh, beautiful lady here in the middle. Of the- <laughs> I That was part of my introduction. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Before we practice. Yeah.
0: And- <laughs> uh, Wes has uh, he, he's been in the. About four years, yeah, I've been
1: involved in campus mentoring for a little over four years, and uh, worked with Clint and Lynn and a bunch of other guys and uh, gals, and so, yeah.
0: Yeah. Wes is a a lawyer by trade, and so he knows how to ask good questions. He knows how to ask questions good, you know? (laughs) And and, uh, I remember going through the study with them, and we were studying, and he would ask me questions. that were so, I mean, they were so, uh, what's the right word? Uh, uh Dumb. No. They were, <laughs> they were, they were so well-worded. Worded. You know. <laughs> and so they, they were so well-worded. And I mean, I was sitting there oh, like, man, I didn't know. I, didn't, I mean, you go to school. So, you know, really good. So Wes was a privilege to uh, to uh, go on a study with and get to know him and everything. So, But wisdom isn't something that just happens. Right? It's not one of these things that, that we get thrown into a situation and it's like, you know, it's, it's like one of those balls that are real squishy and you throw it against the wall and you hope it sticks to the wall. You know what I'm talking about right there? It's little, you know, little wisdom's not like that. Right? It's not a thing that you can just get into. It's not a one-size-fits-all thing. And I feel like when we come to a class like this, we're kind of hoping wisdom. We can say one thing and we can do another, and wisdom can just match up our words and our actions, and that's, that's just called wisdom, you know? The, we just get thrown in that scenario, like, I don't know what to do, so uh, I'll just give out a, an answer and hope it sounds smart, you know? It's not wisdom. Wisdom also isn't getting in over your head on certain things, you know? If I go in to try to do a surgery on someone, guess what? That person's going to die. <laughs> so I'm pauper proper training. I don't have any of those things. So, so I have a video that kind of puts what wisdom is it? All right, let's watch this video real quick. And, and wisdom and you go, hey, I know you're going through some stuff and I don't have the answers but I know someone who does. We can't start singing songs and, and you know and I, the church today does a really funny part with wisdom is to think, oh yeah just come to church i will fix all your problems. Most of the people in the world, most of their problems starting at church? <laughs> But it's Jesus who can truly change us and truly grow. So, if we truly want to realize that wisdom does something, wisdom has this first point today. Wisdom has a start. You have to choose to be wise. It doesn't just happen. You just can't be Zach Ephron and sing Let It Go. Actually, it is. It's a demon. I don't You can't do that. It has a start. Um, our words and our actions must line up. It says this dear children in first uh, John chapter 3 verse 18 it says this dear children let not let not love with words or speech but with actions and in truth you know we can't I, I really like Kyle Eidelman when he said this you can't treat Jesus like a diet you're about to start you choose to do it and then you walk and you do it wisdom has to start first Corinthians 6.1 or second Corinthians 6.1 says this Yep, up on board too. As God's co-workers, we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain. For he says, in the time and my favor I urge you, in the day of salvation I helped you, I tell you now, this is Paul talking right here, I tell you now is the time of God's favor and God's salvation. We can't wake up tomorrow and choose to be wise. We choose to be wise right now it's very long Say, God, I choose to be wise. Yeah. And wisdom though,
1: yeah, so I'm a sales tax consultant, and I have a law degree from the University of Tulsa, and you know I don't really say that to brag, but I work in an industry where wisdom is valued, right? And so you know you have to be you have to be wise in what I tell my clients. I have to be wise in you know how I bill my clients, and you know just you know wise in my tax research. That's a big part of my job is doing research, and you know the world puts such a value on that sort of wisdom, and while that's important, it's nothing compared to like a to godly wisdom. And you know, wisdom isn't this isn't like Westworld or The Matrix where you know you get wisdom handed to you. Wisdom has, like Clint was saying, wisdom has to start somewhere. And so the second point that we're going to talk about is that wisdom requires discipleship. And so. How many of you guys have ever done something like this? You go, you know, you're driving down for lunch, and you know, you get hungry, right? And so, you see those golden arches on the horizon, and you're, you're thinking to yourself, McDonald's has salads and fruits now. Right? Well, I can go, I'll go to McDonald's and get a salad. But you just get a, quarter, a double quarter pounder with cheese, right? That's wise. Is that, is that wisdom? I mean, it's
0: McDonald's.
1: Well, you know, at least I thought about getting a salad and, you know,
0: some fruit. It's real beef now.
1: Yes, it is real beef. But, you know, this is actually, I, I was reading a book, and this is actually a phenomenon that's called something called vicarious goal fulfillment, where you think, where merely thinking about doing something, doing something good for yourself allows you to indulge in something else, if that makes sense. So I know, that, I know that this kind of sounds like a crazy example, but let's think about it in our practical everyday lives. You know, how many times have we thought about, oh, I'll think about reading the scriptures, right? Or I'll think about spending time with a co-worker and get to know them, form a connection with them. At least I thought about it, right? But we don't do it. So that's not, you know, that's not wise. And I don't bring that up. I bring that up because I've been there many times. And use that as an excuse. So we need God and His people to help us realize that this type of behavior, these examples, is not true wisdom.
0: It it says this, the Lord gives wisdom from His mouth. Uh, From His mouth comes knowledge and understanding. If we truly want to get wisdom, we've got to go to the one source that's wise, which is Jesus. And we ask Him through the Holy Spirit. God. Help me make this
1: square I've been Bible verse. Yeah, yeah. So I've been so I've been reading this book called If You Want to Get Out of the Water, You Have to Get on the You Have to Get Out of the Book. And it's by John Ortberg. Very, very good book. But it tells a story about Jesus walking on the water out to the disciples, and then Peter going out on the water with him. And it comes to this passage in Matthew, Matthew chapter fourteen, verses twenty-five uh twenty-nine. Just part of it is up here, but I'll read the whole thing. And so this is Jesus coming out. The disciples are like, "What the heck is going on?" So in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them, walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, It is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Take heart. It is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come out on the water. And he said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. So this particular Part of the story only occurs in Matthew. So I was thinking about why would Matthew include that sort of passage, this exchange between Peter and Jesus. And I think it's to show a story about obedience and extreme discipleship. So before Peter gets out of the boat, he has to make sure. He wants to make sure that this is Jesus telling him to get out of the boat. And so he asks for clarity, which is something to be wise we should ask for clarity from biblical, you know, biblical clarity from those around us. And from Jesus, of course. So if it is you, command me. So one of, the, one of the things I love about this story is Peter kept his eyes on Jesus. And he walked on water. But what happened when Peter took his eyes off of Jesus? He sank. Right? And I think that there's something to that. You know, Keeping our eyes on Jesus is the wisest thing that we can do. And if we're not doing that, we're guaranteed to sink. Oh, yeah. And we see, you know, also we go to examples of this in the New Testament, you know, in with Paul and he's discipling Timothy and Titus. And you see examples of this in 1 Timothy uh, chapter 4 and Titus chapter 2. You know, in, in 1 Timothy, you have Paul who is in the middle of instructing Timothy on how to, you know, lead this church in Ephesus. But he takes time to, you know, to disciple Timothy. And encourage him in the fight. And that's why I think that I think is so important, is you know, he took that time to encourage Timothy. And you know, that's part of discipleship, is encouraging, you know, encouraging those around us. And in Titus, you know, very similar things. You know, Paul took the time to instruct Titus, you know, to teach him, instruct him to teach sound doctrine to the church that he was in Crete, which, if you know anything about the Cretan, the Cretans, it was a very tough task. For Titus to start to start that church, because you know, I mean, the way they called themselves, they were you know gluttons and liars, and they had nothing nice to say about anybody, including themselves.
0: Yeah. Ultimately, ultimately what Paul is talking about is he's saying to them that they need to be wise, and that wisdom comes from the Scriptures, and that the Scriptures come from God. Mm-hmm. So when we are trying to be wise and being discipled, we're discipled both both by the people around us, our church. And we're discipled also by what the scriptures have to say. Here's the thing: if the scriptures say to do it, do it. God knows better. The reason why your life is a wreck is because you did things your way. That's why my life was a total, complete wreck is because I was not following what God had to say. I didn't. I find myself over and over and over going, "How did I get in this predicament?" It's like you have the will, you know doesn't sound like carry on song. We want Jesus to take the will. But I mean we really want him to to ultimately guide us. We want him to direct us. We want want the scriptures to speak into our lives and how you do that is when it says to do something, you do it. Yeah.
1: And you know one thing that I always love about scriptures is that, you know, if if scripture told us to you know paint ourselves purple and bounce around on pogo sticks, you know, I would do that because that's what scripture says, right? But luckily, there's nothing stupid like that in this book. <laughs> so, so we know that you know we know that if we are seeking God and you're you know getting that true wisdom that comes from the Scriptures, and I know for me, for the longest time, I sought so much of what the world offered through my education, and that was something that I was seeking above all else. And you know when I would when I was doing that, you know it just turned it morphed itself into this. I couldn't handle the stress. So it morphed itself into this web of you know pornography and alcohol that I went ways that I spent you know to cope with that because I couldn't handle it. And but it's because I wasn't letting you know I wasn't letting God fulfill me. I was trying to seek fulfillment from these other things that were that in the world. And and you know in Jeremiah twenty nine thirteen you know uh, God tells Jeremiah that you will seek me when you
0: find you know and find me when you seek me with all your heart. So, Let's bring this to our next, our third point, yeah. is that wisdom comes from seeking God. Yeah. It comes from seeking God. I, I love when I do the study with someone. And we get, we, you know, we, we the first thing that we talk about when I study with someone is, is seeking God. What's that look like? And I love their their question in the middle of that. They go, Do you still seek God? I say every day. Above my office, right when I walk out, I have this thing. It's a Christmas ornament, but I keep it here round up because it makes me. Uh, it, it's just. It, speak, it spoke so much to me. Is it says, wise men still seek Him. And I look at that and I'm like, yes. Always. Always, always seek God. Um, you know. And so I remember uh, doing the study with a guy one time. His name was Ray. And we were studying and the guy said, Clint, you know, we were talking about what is seeking God. And I said, man, you do it with all your heart. What does that look like? Uh, and, uh, you know, meet with people to do it. You you make sacrifices to get to know, to get to to do whatever you want to do when you seek it with all your heart. You you know, went through all of these things of saying what seeking with your heart. I you said, man, the only thing I've ever sought like that was crack. The only thing I've ever sought before in my life like that is crack. Okay. I said, super simple, right? Seek God like you sought crack. And he was like, you can do that. I said, why not? <laughs> Try it. Worked. His life started to change. Why? Because he, he knew how he saw crack. And he's like, I don't want to replace that with I want to make God my new goal. Mm-hmm. And, so, and so, what do we do? We make sacrifices to get to know God. We read and study our Bible on the phone. We humble ourselves enough to, to ask for it. And we don't procrastinate. When God asks us to do something, we do it. <coughs> it's if you're not looking for Jesus in a scenario, and this is true, in scenario, if you're not looking for Jesus in a scenario, you're going to miss it. You know, when you're at, when you're, when you're meeting that person, or you're talking to someone, and you were like, "Man, I really want to show them Jesus," and you don't look to Jesus, you're going to miss Jesus in the scenario. You're going, God, we're getting together, we're going to go watch a movie. I, when I go together and to watch a movie, God, let it somehow come up in the conversation. You, let's pray on it. If you don't pray on it, it, won't happen. You'll see a movie and you'll leave. You know, but so we always constantly have that on the forefront. We got to seek him in everything. Um. Yeah. 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 So you know, on top of seeking
1: God, you know, wisdom also comes from our struggles, and the things that we go through every day. And you know, some one thing uh, Mitt, uh, our our uh, head minister at at Park, he said one time. And he said, you know, sometimes God won't deliver us from the storms, but he can calm the storms and develop us through them. And, you know, that increases our dependence on him. That's right. And, you know, I, I thought about Jeremiah. And you just, you know, you, you just have this guy who he, he struggled mightily in both his life and God, Um, But he understood the importance of having a dependence on God. And God spoke to Jeremiah and the tribe of Judah in Jeremiah 177 through 8, where he says, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when heat comes, for its leaves remain green and is not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. And, you know, I think of those, you know, that drought and that heat as struggles that we go through every day. You know, struggles
0: yeah. with that too. Like, if you're like me, I would, I would say things like, "I learned the hard way on a lot of stuff." You know, I did. You know what the beautiful thing about this, when you're a believer, you don't have to, anymore. learn the hard way. Mm-hmm. Part of those struggles is being teachable. Yeah. And going, all right, I'll try it new. And we got that means we got to get over our pride, and it is hard. If you're talking to someone yeah. who's the most hard-headed individual mm-hmm. that there is. And asking for help is not my thing like I I literally lived in when when I was an actor and and I was in LA I lived in the worst conditions ever because I would not ask for help I didn't ask my dad I didn't ask anything like that I remember uh, the one time that I broke as so I walked by, it's funny, I never had enough money for rent or food, but I always had enough money for drugs. Very interesting scenario, I know. But, but I remember walking through uh, L, uh, L.A. around Rodeo Boulevard, there was a Burger King right there. And I was walking, I saw a half-eaten burger, and it was just like on the lip to where the door was, was touching it, you know. And I was like, that looks Really good. Really good i like to tell you I didn't eat that burger, but I did, because I did things the hard way. I remember the phone call after that. It was one of those things where like, I was like cry-shaming You your burger. <laughs> you know, like, really weird. And then after that, I called my dad, and I said, I need help. I said, why? And he, his first question was, can you pass the drug test? I need help. Can you help me? Our struggles, we don't have to learn the hard way through our struggles. We can learn from other people as well. I'm saying all those things because I wish I would have listened. I wish I would have listened. I wouldn't end up in the scenarios I was in. I just listened to people. Wisdom is not your wisdom. It is other people's wisdom that you're living off of. And what you said about learning that's a huge component of this that's right
1: you know it's you know we can even you know, what's the definition of insanity doing the same thing over and over again expecting that's right. a different result that's right and that's right. so you know i think that you know don't discount the role of learning and right. humility yeah. in this wisdom process
0: because it's not easy that's right which brings us to our uh, another point lost track <laughs> wisdom requires hearing wisdom requires hearing uh, Proverbs 18.2 says this, A fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his opinion. You know, I'm not the best gift giver at all. Uh, I, I've gotten better at everything, but but I remember at Christmas about ten years ago, uh, it was when rock band was real popular, or, you know, and they had a song on there that's actually one of my favorite songs. One of my favorite song back in high school it's one of my favorite songs today, you know? It's, Today by the Smashing Pumpkins. Oh, what a great song. Love it. Oh, everyone who's like over 30 yes. is like, yes. Everyone in the is like, what a band called Smashing Pumpkins. Smashing oh, Rose, You know, right? <laughs> but I, I I love that band. Uh, and and I was, we were listening to it, and then we heard it on the radio. And I looked at Kelsey. And was like, do you like Smashing Pumpkins? Like, yeah. They're all right. And for some strange reason, that all right got into my head where I said, for Christmas, I'm going to buy Kelsey. The Anthology of Smashing Pumpkins. Yes! <laughs> this is going to be a great Christmas. And by the awkwardness on your face, that's how she responded when I gave her the gift. <laughs> I'm a <bear> now. <laughs> I learned like how to give gifts, but then I didn't know how to give gifts. You see, I didn't care about her getting the gift. I only cared that the gift benefited me in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. And it's not treat wisdom like that. Right, right.
1: And just a fun fact about Billy Corgan, the lead singer of Smashing Pumpkins, he owns a—he now owns an independent pro wrestling promotion in the United States. So you know, kind of let that sink in. I have a lot of useless knowledge. <laughs> that's right. Right? But right. A lot of useless wisdom. Things I can pull out a you know, right. trivial pursuit. And, no way. But don't uh, yeah, you know, no, take anything good. away from this class. Take that away. <laughs> <laughs> that's not wise. That's right. not wise. That's right. <laughs> Not wise
0: well, at all. We can't, we can't take wisdom and say, I'm going to be wise so it benefits me. We can't do that with people. You know, sometimes I want to be wise to someone to get there out of their mess. Why? So I don't have to deal with their mess anymore. And that's not mm-hmm. what wisdom is. Wisdom is truly caring about the person and where they're at and going, you don't have to live this anyway. Oh, because i am come to you and, and we've all had that person when they come to us and go, oh, I, I know, I messed up again. And you don't want me to mess up anymore, that's why I stopped. No. Because I care about you. And there's so much greater things
1: in this world than the way that you're than, than you're living. And that's something that I struggle with. Yeah. Also.
0: You know, I asked our elder one time, what's the hardest thing about being an elder? And he said, I strive for quiet, is what this elder said. What do you mean by that? As an elder, I hear a lot of conflicts. And we have to listen to a lot of problems and we deal with a lot of issues. And it's such a temptation for me to strive for quiet when God has called me to tackle the noise. I just want it to be calm. I want it to be over. I don't want the awkwardness to happen anymore. I just want it to be done. And God's going, I want you to tackle the noise, man. That's why you're here. Wisdom comes to listening to God. Alright God, I'm gonna hear you and I'm gonna go with you. I'm gonna go. And get out of your comfort zone. That's right. You know, that's that's a big
1: a big thing for me because I, I can empathize with that elder a lot. I love, <laughs> love the quiet, love to just be kind of by myself and not have to, you know, deal deal with it, deal with it, you know. Yeah. And but as we know from if we're seeking God, we don't procrastinate. Right. And uh, you know, you can it's funny how these things kind of link together. Mm-hmm. You know, if we're seeking God. That is the wisest thing we can do, and when we're doing that, it allows us to be able to, you know, help with discipling others who come with us in the struggles. Because we've all been there, you know, their struggle, you know, the poop doesn't sink any less than ours, right? So it's like, you know, their sins are no different than our sins. Sin is sin, and you know, I said poop, but you know, whatever. Uh, I'm here. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm recording forever. You said
0: worse. So. So, you
1: know, it's just something to think about. It's like, you know, empathize with the, you know, can we empathize with
0: it? And when we get into the scenarios, you've got to realize, too, that when we are wise and we want to be wise, we realize it comes from, from the struggles and it comes from hearing. But ultimately, wisdom comes to a death to self. Mm-hmm. That's when wisdom comes in great ways. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite quotes comes from Dietrich Bonhoeffer. And it says, When a man, uh, when Christ calls a man, he bids him. To come and die. That's what it calls us to do. You don't think you're carrying your cross to a fiesta, do you? Alright? You're coming it to die to self. But realizing that once we give up those things and we do our crucified with Him, it says in Romans 6, that when we are crucified with Him, what will happen? We will raise with Him. Why are you going to Him? It looks like a death. Because He's the only one who can give life. He's the only one who has it and so wisdom requires a death um and daniel uh go ahead yeah yeah so you know wait and
1: you know we have this this thing that we have to think about especially in today's society it's like an instant gratification right we want it now you know we have twitter and we have all of these things we can watch a netflix movie in you know 30 seconds and so it's just like you know so waiting on the lord have we heard have you guys heard this you know uh difference between our timing and God's timing. Mm-hmm. And so waiting on the Lord is it's, it can be like a death. You know, and, and I think Peter when Peter was on that boat waiting, you know, waiting for Jesus to say come, it is you know, it is I come out to the water. You know, I think Peter was like can you, know, you just think of what's going through his mind a little bit. You know, I, I like to think that that was a you know that was a death waiting for that response. And and so I, so I was looking at uh, Daniel 1:8, and it says, "But Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine, and he asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself this way." So Daniel knew the joy and the freedom of experiencing God's power after taking an enormous risk. He stood up to, you know, stood up to King Nebuchadnezzar, and you know, what he get for his troubles? got thrown to the lions, man. So, so I was thinking about that. And you know, you also think about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and in Daniel chapter 3. And, you know, they stood up to King Nebuchadnezzar and they refused to worship his golden idols, right, that he had set up for his worship. They weren't worshiping God, but he wanted Nebuchadnezzar wanted himself to be worshipped. And what happened to them? Got thrown in the fiery furnace. So, you know, they could have given in and just lived the way that Nebuchadnezzar wanted them to, right? And you know, we think about that also. We can live the way that the Lord, that the Lord, that the world wants us to live, but we're not called to do that. We're called to something greater.
0: And I think it's important to note that Daniel, when he went into a lion's den, he did go to die. Yeah. But he came out. Yeah. Why? Because of God. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego went into the fiery furnace to die. And what happened? They came out. Our Lord keeps doing that. So you may be sitting here going, I don't know how I am with wisdom and anything. if you go in and say, God, I trust you, I'm going to follow you, and in this scenario, I'm just going to jump in. And I'm just going to listen to you and listen to the people around me, and I'm going to get in over my head on a couple of things, and that's okay. Because you might find you can walk on water. And you listen to God.
1: Mm-hmm. And who's glorified in that scenario? That's true. You know, God, right? True. God is glorified. And that, you know, in the bottom line, that's the most important thing that God be glorified.
0: That's right. And, and, their glorify, and them doing, uh, especially Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, doing those things, impressed Nebuchadnezzar to later on. Did you know this? You might, someone else might cover this. But this is a big deal. You know, there's only one Gentile that wrote anything in the Old Testament. You know who that was? Nebuchadnezzar. After he humbled himself and got humbled and humbled and humbled and to the point where he says in chapter four, "I, with my own hand, King Nebuchadnezzar, exalt the God of heavens and the King of kings." When we live in a way, and we are wise. And we, we, we really truly die to God in that, it brings others to yeah, Christ. It that's... brings others to Him. Mean, people who you've never thought. I bet Daniel had a conversation with him, I was like, Dad, there's no way that guy's coming to you. I had a guy say it to me one time there's no way Clint will ever become a believer. We just need to write him off. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Refuse to write people off, which comes up to the next thing is that when you are wise, wisdom requires persistence. Oh no, it's you. Oh, okay. Really? Yeah.
1: Oh, again. Okay, <laughs> so actually, this fits in nicely. So, um, the story. Yeah. When I think about this idea of wisdom and persistence and just, you know, kind of, you know, writing off somebody, and I, I was about halfway through law school, and I was I was just baptized the July before, like basically a week from today almost. So you know, I was baptized. In July, I went back to school in August, and I was having a conversation with my friend Ryan over GChat. Does anybody use GChat? Anybody ever heard of GChat? No. <laughs> um, I'm not
0: cool. I mean, law degree. Yeah. So yeah,
1: you know, when we were paying attention in class, that's what we were doing was on GChat. And so I was having a conversation with him, and he told me, this place doesn't look like it's eating your soul. Because that's what law school does. And if you let. And and I said, you know, that's just something I'll never forget. And so I was able to tell him the reason why this place wasn't eating my soul anymore. And, and you know, I don't know, I don't know what he did with that, or, you know, but that's, but it, I was able to tell him about Christ in that, that little moment. And so it's just being, being wise enough to Always point back to God when something good happens in your life or something bad happens in your life. You know that we, God is going to be glorified no matter what. That's right. And, you know, that was just the, really, that was just the beginning of my, you know, journey with wisdom and persistence. Right. And, but God does that all the time. He uses these little moments in our lives to be able to, you know, to be able to show others things.
0: It says in Luke chapter 21, verse 19, it says, stand firm and you will win life. This is Jesus' talking. Wisdom doesn't just happen overnight. I don't know if you knew that. It doesn't. You will fail and you will fail and you will fail. And sometimes you'll hit a brick wall and you'll get really frustrated that you hit a brick wall. You will fail. But persistence is getting back up and knowing, here we go. We can do this. Spelling isn't a bad thing. It's an opportunity to learn. Mm-hmm. You will say the wrong thing to someone. Yeah. You will say the wrong thing in your own life. You will. Yeah, I'll, I'll share this. I don't think I would, but I feel like I need to. Uh, you know, we recently had some huge home renovation stuff happen because we had a pipe burst in our house. And I've been eating myself up because I made a financial bad choice. I chose rather than put in the, the money from a different area, I chose to grab it and put it all on the credit cards. And I had to eat that. And I made a bad decision. So I can dwell on that. And, it, and man, and guys, in that little decision, I'm like, I know, that's not a big deal to you. You know, if it's not, it doesn't sound like a big deal. For me, it was a huge deal. And that happened back in November, and I've been eating it and eating it. Eating it frustrated with myself, second-guessing things and going, oh, I can't make a mistake, I can't make a mistake. Even my even my boss with everything at work were like, Clint, are you okay? You seem really on anxious, you seem really tense. I'm like, I just I feel like I am making a mistake. I just feel like I'm a huge failure. And it was all based out of that instance of going, I didn't make a mistake. I need to own it. And I feel better about myself. Because I owned it. I made a mistake. Not a big deal. I'm going to move forward. And I'm not going to choose that to let that find define my life. It requires persistence. I'm going, God, I'm going to listen to you. I'm going to govern you. We're going to do things your way. Now, yours may not be credit card debt. Maybe may something else. For me, it was that. You talked to me 10 years ago, it was rough. Talk to me a lot of years ago, it was poor. I mean, it keeps getting work bigger and bigger. It's always something different that you've got to be persistent on. <laughs> and that's okay. It's called being a human being. You will get that advice. Our faith isn't built on if uh, we know the right answer. Did you know that? Your faith isn't built on if you know the right answer. But we know someone who does know the right answer. His name is Jesus. You know, and studies, I'll get with studies with people and they'll go, what do you think on evolution? I'm, what do you think of cardiac... My favorite question. What do you think on cardiac rhythms of the heart? And how do you explain that? <laughs> I don't know. But what I do know is this. There was a man named Jesus, and he died for my sin, and on the third day he rose from the dead. That's all I know. Did you know that Paul wrote the whole New Testament on that? What do you know? Christ crucified. (laughs) That's it. Everything else is up in here. Christ crucified. It's wisdom in that to be persistent. Jesus is the one that teaches us to be wise, and trial and error seems to be his method sometimes. That's okay. Oh, we, are, we need to be teachable in those moments. When, for when we do have the uh, right answer, and learn from the mistakes. And I've noticed this. I'm a lot more patient with other people when I realize that I made mistakes. I'm a lot more patient with the mistakes. You know, going, I'm a lot, I am. a lot. You know, if it's a lot more. So an ending. but Yeah, no, and
1: I, I just, just kind of reiterate this point of, you know, if we're wise and we're persistent in that wisdom, people will come to know Christ because. Because they'll see the way that we're living and how you make decisions based on God and not
0: based on something else. So the last thing with this, is in Daniel chapter 1, verse 9, it ends with this. Now, God caused officials to have favor and compassion to Daniel. To make wisdom valuable, we have to realize that God is going to fight those battles for you. So the five things, remember, wisdom requires us to start. Wisdom requires discipleship. Wisdom requires requires us to listen to God and the people around us. Wisdom requires us to die. And wisdom requires us to persist, persist. Thank you guys very much. We truly appreciate you being here. Thank you for enduring the heat. Yes. I hope we all got a little sweat out going, yeah. you know, big deal. so appreciate you guys. Thank you all. Yeah. So.